to Queer Kentucky's podcast, Dorothy's Riot. Uh, my name is Spencer Jenkins. My pronouns are he, him, and I don't really have anything to describe myself today. I'm just here. I do. Oh, you're going to describe Spencer's me? Spencer's birthday is in less than a month. Oh, yeah. I hit AARP 33. <laughs> oh, wow. AARP is 33? Well, Sophia has AARP. I do. For the coupons. I'm like, then I'm fucked. Like. <laughs> uh, I, 33, I, it's fine. It's fine. I'm actually enjoying getting older. Um, as a gay person, because I'm, I get to stay in, I get to just hang out, and I don't go out and party. Well, you're like reaching your peak, sexy as like a white person in 30s, so that's good. <laughs> You'll dive off again when you hit like 50, 55. Well, because we start to couple. crack. We start to yeah. like someone on Twitter today actually was like, I hate being white and aging like a banana <laughs> on the dash of a car in 100 degree heat. I was like, that's so accurate about us. Oh, no. Anyways, who are you? I'm Sophia. My pronouns are she, they. Skincare guru. I'm going to fix Spencer. Oh, are you? (laughs) I need fixed. I can't make you like black don't crack good, but I can get you halfway there. (laughs) You can't. Yeah. I don't know. You can't. Yeah, I can. You just have to have the right Korean-made products. Mm, I'm not spending money on that. They're really cheap, actually. <laughs> okay, our ho- our guest host <laughs> <laughs> is... Actually, if you could introduce yourself yeah. so we don't fuck anything up. Yes, that's, please. That's cool. Um, my name is Zion Brooks, uh, House of Gryffindor. Um do you, do you think you're Gryffindor? Not think you know. Not the whole like Pottermore test. I need to do that yeah, shit. Totally do the Pottermore test. I need to do it over. I feel like when I did it, like I, I don't know I don't about this. Know if the Sorting Hat does like redos. I don't make the rules. I don't know, but so I'm stuck as a Gryffindor for life. I would be Slytherin <laughs> probably. Like, send, I want to be Slytherin. Send Professor McGonagall like an email. Okay. Yeah. Like cat lady. The cat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Zion, uh, I guess tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and what you do um, within the queer space, and uh, I guess we'll just take it from there. Yeah, that is a, a great question. I question what I do. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, we're really? both social justice, so really? we also question everything. Um, I don't know. The, like, I'm born and raised in Louisville, lived in a bunch of different places, uh, come from a social justice um, grassroots background, did a whole bunch of different stuff, ended up settling into academia, unfortunately. Um, have a master's in public health, um, in community and behavioral health, and so I do a lot of stuff around that, specifically research and education around uh, reproductive health, uh, specifically transmasculine reproductive health of those in the South. Um, and currently, I am a master's level nursing student at the University of Louisville, even though when I graduate, I'm going to tell everybody that I graduated from the University of Phoenix. 
um, or anywhere else, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's fine. UofL doesn't sponsor us, so like, I, was, I mean, they already know the deal. <laughs> I was about to say, you've I'm been like, very. If they don't know now. They know. Um, prior to being a student there, I worked at the um, Office of Diversity and Inclusion at the Health Sciences Campus. Uh-huh. So I already knew what fuck shit they were on <laughs> before I started going to their school. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of that, and then. Um, you know, like with school and uh, and whatnot, my my interests have not really changed from reproductive health, and mostly looking these days at um, well, I mean, I'm a, uh, community birth doula, um, which is very interesting. I never in a million years, in a million years, thought that I'd be doing anything <laughs> with birth. That's fucking cool. Um, so doing that, and then I'm in school for nursing, and then I'll um, be a certified nurse midwife. Wow. You know, I'm not ever planning on having a baby, but I might hire you just for fun. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't plan on having babies. It just happens. Oh, no. I'm planning to, like, donate this whole system. Oh. I'm just going to, like, yeah. To? The Germans who are experimenting with that right now. <laughs> I was like, who's taking it? <laughs> um, I've, I've always been just kind of... I don't know, fascinated by the thought of uh, doulas and what they do. I, I still don't know how to wrap my head around it. Um, I think a lot of people get confused about the difference of, you know, having birth in a hospital with a doctor and st- and typical things, typical as in, I don't know, what straight says people do all the time. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but can you kind of explain a little bit about what being a doula is and why it is important to the queer community that there are doulas out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, a lot of confusion is like, what's the difference between a doula and a midwife. And so doulas are like, we don't do medical interventions. Like we're not um, clinical. So a lot of the support that we provide are, you know, like comfort measures, emotional support, um, advocacy, and also like education. Whereas midwives, whether they're certified nurse midwives, um, um, you know, professional midwives, more in the, in the clinical realm. They can do those other things, but generally there's like a separation in that scope of work. And so as a doula, um, yeah, like, you know, when I work with people, you know, like we always want to start, um, you know, our, our goal is to make sure that people have the birth experience that they want um, within safety right like of their body and like their baby um and autonomy but also the birthing experience that they deserve and so just doing all those things to make sure that they have that um and that can happen in a hospital we can provide support in a hospital we also can provide support at home births um you know because we can you know do all those all those different areas that's so cool yeah yeah why don't you do anything cool like that (laughs) Because yeah. I don't have the energy to give people much emotional support whatsoever. Yeah. I'm bad at that. It's, I know it's not my forte. I mean, look, Spencer, I, again, <laughs> never in a million years thought. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it on the air as to why, but very valid reasons. <laughs> never thought that I would, but, you know, like, here I am. And so I think, you know, to answer the second part of your question, you know, of like, why is it important, you know, for queer community, you know, <clears throat> And I would also say it's important. I mean, I got into it 
you know, primarily because of, you know, black bodies. Um, and then, you know, like, obviously like some of those black bodies are queer. Um, and so, yeah, like, I mean, if you just like look at, you know, just like the birth outcomes that we have right now, I don't know, like stats off the top of my head, but you know, the United States has like a belligerent, <laughs> um, you know, like maternal mortality rate yeah. that rivals. I mean, honestly, it's like there's 10 developing or what was considered like countries of privilege. Um, and it's like, they're not in like the top 10 yeah. of like countries with privilege that like have good birth outcomes. Um, so yeah, it's so like, that's really important. And, you know, I think also to, you know, whether I look at, you know, being a, a doula or wanting to be a midwife, there's, you know, a history of both of those practices that are rooted in, you know, blackness and indigenous practices and diasporic practices. And if you look at it, it's been intentionally and systemically whitewashed, both of those things. And so, you know, it's a matter of, I mean, I wouldn't even just say like representation, but like reclaiming um, the practice, which again kind of goes back to, you know, like me not thinking that, but like that I thought I would like be in this work. And I think that for a lot of folks, myself included, not everybody, but it's definitely like a calling. I don't know like who in my family, because like a lot of black folks, we don't know a lot of things about our families, like especially the further back you go. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who was a birth worker. I think somebody was just because of like the things that I've experienced and like also like, why the fuck would I, <laughs> why the fuck would I be doing this? Like, why would I have been like what I feel like genuinely called um, to do this despite um, my internal mm-hmm. struggles, you know, around, around the work. I get that. I feel like that a lot because I feel like there's no way that I could just like be the first ever activist in my family. It doesn't make sense. I don't know who else was, but there had to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause, cause I mean, having the privilege of knowing that my family, there were activists granted they were, you know, conservative activists and, you know, pieces of shit type, um, politics they were lobbying for libertarians (laughs) no 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 it was more like oh we're going to rally for this conservative republican in kentucky and Mm. blah 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 but you know that passion was there at least yeah um i just went the other way as you do when you're gay Yeah, yeah, we do go the other way. We're a little bent. The literal and figurative other way. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing you have a lot of thoughts on what's going on with reproductive justice at the moment. There's a lot of like Supreme Court thoughts I've had in my head since I <laughs> invited you to come on. Right. Because we're also going to discuss the article, I think, that you wrote a while ago that I just thought about before you showed up here. About gun stuff? Mm-hmm. I love gun stuff. <laughs> um, like, I can't, like, honestly, I can't wait to be, like, a gun-toting midwife. So. Um, oh, we already we found the title like, of this. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the funny, I mean, I think the answer to, you know, like, my opinion about it is pretty simple. Um, it's none of my business, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like, and I, and I mean that in the best of, of ways, like, 
even as a person who, you know, like still has like a literal uterus, considering that like I don't have any intention of using it. This is none of my business as it is none of most people's business, you know? So, you know, when I say that, it, I guess like it could sound kind of, uh, you know, like aloof, but I, am I, you know, I'm, I think it's absurd. <laughs> like right. it's ridiculous that we're, that we're dealing with this. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, like, because it's none of my business, I can't, uh, I, you know, like I can't fathom, I mean, I can fathom, like, <laughs> living in a country and in a world that would treat you like that. <laughs> but right. like, specifically for this thing, um, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And so I, you know, I'm, I support, who, you know, like, the people who are doing the work, you know, however I can, however they need to be supported. But um, ultimately, what I think is neither here nor there, which yeah. is, you know, like, again, I think that I, like, I support it. I am very much, you know, pro bodily autonomy. You know, that is um, uh, a central uh, thing to midwifery. Like that's the whole model, right? Same thing for for being a doula. So it's not in contrast to what I actually believe. But uh, you know, it's not. A, it's I'm great. I'm I'm privileged to not have to. You know, be in a situation where. I ever have to make that decision. Yeah. It's just all fucked up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it will. And especially Sophia and I, last time we were recording, talked a lot about this and Clarence Thomas, our mm-hmm. bestie. God, that guy. My best friend. <laughs> Zagardos. <laughs> you want him in jail, if, uh, mm-hmm. even though you work for the bail project. I need a hell. Um, I mean, like, I hate, like, I mean, just because we're here amongst friends. Okay. Like, and I know that there's like, you know, there's like a a movement, right? Like, I guess like it's called like the abolition movement. And I understand like uh, prisons fucking suck. Don't get me wrong. There are also some people that I do not wish to share space with. (laughs) Yeah. One of those people. Like, I mean. Well, that's fine. I totally agree with you there, but that's why we have states like Utah and like Kansas. Like, just send them there. Send them Florida? Yep, Florida. Yes. Honestly, Texas at this point. Texas, yes. Like, Megan, Beyonce, just rip yourselves out of there. <laughs> well, we do need to save, like, our community and bring them up here. Hopefully. Beyonce? Yes. <laughs> our community. In well, Kentucky? They, they, they will like, follow her. That's so true. It's that's fine. true. They yes. really will. Um, but also, like, I read something else that Clarence Thomas is trying to do, the fuckery he likes to cause. I can't remember the Supreme Court case, and Sophia and I are bad at remembering how to say anything. Oberger, Berger. Yeah, Obergefell. <laughs> I don't know. But this one is the Supreme Court case that, like, has to do with body autonomy as well. There, uh, he wants to overturn the sodomy case. I wish people could see the eye roll. <laughs> There's like a little flutter, actually. <laughs> um, he's so just <sighs> gross. Yeah. But it's like, is he just mad that he's not getting BJ's or like? I mean, I guess like we'll see how really mad he is. Like if he decides to overturn like, the, like you know, like the the law on interracial marriage. Yeah, yeah but that's like, been yeah, you know, that's like been like in my mind. Really, you know, he's not yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone was saying, like, he's probably going to overturn that just because he wants an excuse to annul his marriage with I his mean, wife. He loves the white. He's 
he's um, not. It's not like he's gonna like overturn it. Like, no. I mean, if he does that, then he'll just like remain single. I think Clarence has moved on to Asian women. Oh, <laughs> why? Oh, I thought you had like a reasoning yeah. behind it. <laughs> I was like, what? What story did I make? Like, just a theory I've created. <laughs> following in the footsteps of Mitch McConnell. Just starting. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't even think about that. <laughs> God. And Mitch is never going to leave either. He's like just here for the long haul and he's never going to die, they which never, is. They never do. Yeah. And I've heard rumors of like Daniel Cameron running for governor <laughs> and or taking Mitch's spot. Like, I mean, let's just keep Mitch. So here's a, here's a funny At story. least we know that devil. Yeah. Exactly. We know that devil. So on the topic of Daniel Cameron, like, I mean, I don't know if, like, there's, you've seen the guy's hairline, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So there's no, I would be, like, so surprised if he had a black barber. All of that to say, <laughs> um, me and the, the 13-year-old, we just created this new game. So, like, me and my partner play this game called, like, only it's only good in, like, Kentucky and Indiana and, like, some other Midwestern states. But it's called um, Dyke or Farmer's Wife. Oh, <laughs> and so it's like we'll be like it's driving around one. and we'll like see like a woman and we're just like, is that a lesbian or a farmer's wife? <laughs> Nine times out of ten, it's a farmer's wife. So, me and the thirteen-year-old have this new game because we went to the barbershop last week, and he was like, "Where are we going?" I was like, "We're going to the barbershop," and he was like, "Are we going to Great Clips?" And I was like, "Hell no!" And so he was like, "Why?" And I was just like, "Because they don't do." good haircuts and he was like yeah i know he's like i went there once and they messed up my hair and then i was like but you can always tell who gets their haircut at like places like great clips mm-hmm. or fantastic sam's and so now we have like this new game kind of like like a farmer's life <laughs> where we just like drive up the street like we're just driving wherever and i'm just like that's a great clips haircut <laughs> oh my god and we're basically just like pointing out like these cornball white dudes that like i don't know played golf or whatever and just like left arm just like great clips the chads the brads the fads he thinks it's hilarious he's just like cracking up (laughs) there's another one even like some of those white dudes like that have all this money like go to a nice place and still get a great clips haircut Mm -hmm. like why or like god like i wish i would pay like any amount of money to get a haircut and they leave like like the Back of your neck, you know what I'm saying? Like the hair oh, nape of your neck. Yeah. I'm like, that is an incomplete haircut. <laughs> it is. is, it inc- is. Like your back hair is like coming up out of your shirt. Like, <laughs> all is that Daniel Cameron, like, great clips. Or <laughs> pays a lot of money to get great clips haircut. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the nape of his neck hair is, like, still there. Always. Yeah. Maybe his wife does it. Probably. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. Possibility. Maybe. Well, also speaking of um, amendments and our rights, you love guns. I do. (laughs) I do. And I want to get into that. Um, I was telling Sophia earlier that you had written an article, and I kind of want to share it again just with everything going on. Yeah. Um, But um, talk a little bit about your passion for the second amendment. Well, it's not really a passion. Not an amendment. Yeah. That sounded really like <laughs> it's true. Yes. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, pretty much like I, I grew up not with guns, like at all. I grew up in the West end. Um, lots of the same shit that's going on now is going on then. And so pretty much like, I mean, we were taught to like fear them. 
um, and pretty much just like only about what harm it can cause to our bodies. Like we weren't even taught about like safety. It was just like, don't touch them, stay away from them. And so um, I knew that like my mom had one, but it was like this secret thing. Like I, I wasn't supposed to know that she had it. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, I moved to North Carolina. It was like 2008. And so I've been wanting a gun for a very long time and I never like felt comfortable because I didn't know anything about them. I had like the paperwork printed out, never did anything with it for like seven years. And so then when it got to, I don't know, whenever that, lots of shitty times. This was like the shitty, shitty time where um, I think maybe might have been like 20. 2016 the year trump yes yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. shitty time <laughs> the beginning like the shitty time that of my, the end. that my brain clearly blacked out um so yes yeah, so like there was like a lot of things happening like i would come here from colorado to visit and i didn't even know like anything about gun- i didn't know that like kentucky at the time like it was an open carry state i had no clue but what i was starting to see like when i went to the grocery store or the um, gas station is that I was seeing like all of these, like just like mad red faced white dudes with guns on their hips. And I was like, what the fuck? Cause like, again, never, never really saw it like enough to like pay attention to it. And so I was in Colorado and yeah, I was just like, you know, I think I'm just going to get one. Um, mainly cause I was like, I can, you know, I was like old enough to, there's not, you know, I think a lot of people, who look like me or navigate the world as black and male that legally can. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And so like, I went to Cabela's, um, <laughs> to Cabela's. Yeah. I'm not getting paid by Cabela's. I by mean, no, at least you didn't go to a Walmart. I um, respect it. I kind of wish a fantastic Sam. <laughs> of course I went to Cabela's. <laughs> yeah. At that point it was in Southern Indiana, right? Well, I was in Colorado. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was in, I was in Colorado. And so I went to Cabela's and it was crazy because it was like a Saturday. I just left Capoeira. So I'm actually wearing pants kind of like this, like these white Capoeira pants and like a belt. And uh, it was like another world. I don't think I'd ever been to a gun store. And there was like a lot of white people there. And it was like an outing. Like it was like their family outing. Like, should you not? Like, oh, yeah. The- There's a restaurant. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I watched a dude with a little baby. It. Bjorn to his chest and he was looking at a handgun that he was thinking about buying like inches from this baby's face and I was like what the fuck and then there was like a dad who like purchased his kid like a rifle because like you can do that shit and I was like what this is like I felt like I shouldn't have been seeing it like this is like some kind of secret world that I'm not privy to and so um, I had gotten my first one and it was my brother who um, was the one that introduced me like to shooting and like the first time I ever went shooting at a gun range it was here and like I remember after I tried it right, and I remember after I shot it like on some mundane shit, I was like, "People shoot people with these things." <laughs> it's, it's fucking wild. Like, what the fuck? Like I thought like, I was just like, and with such ease sometimes, specifically thinking about the police, right? Like mm-hmm. it, like it blew, it blew my mind. It still blows my mind. And so um, I had it, never carried it. Didn't feel comfortable carrying it, even though I was, like, here sometimes. Um, it's an open carry state at the time. Didn't feel comfortable carrying it. And so it wasn't until whenever that, like, fucking hateful um, shooting happened at Kroger. 
Indeed. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, that Kroger at the time, I was working at UK, um, and I would, like, come in on the interstate every week, and I would stop off at the Hurstbourne exit and pick up my mom and my aunt. They lived at a, like, it's called Brookstone. It's like a senior living place. Mm-hmm. I'd pick them up, and we'd go to the grocery store. And it's right around the corner from that J-Town grocery store. So yeah. Go to that grocery store. And so... You know, it was a day that I didn't take them. And my mom was on her way to the grocery store with a friend. And her appointment, her doctor's appointment, happened to run over. And so she showed up on the aftermath. Like, she saw them apprehend that guy. Fortunately, she wasn't there for the other shit. Still traumatic, though. Super traumatic. Yeah, she was, like, complete. Like, she did not want to go grocery shopping after that at all. Um, But what's really, really, I mean, all of it's fucking terrible, but... The woman who was murdered in the parking lot was my mom's neighbor. Oh, shit. Miss Vicky. And so my mom would, you know, like, see her all the time and, like, talk to her before church and all that stuff. And so at that moment, you know, I was, like I said, I was keeping my firearm at home. And I was like, that's not really helpful. Uh-uh. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if we had been there? What if my mom was buying milk? Like, all this stuff. And so, like, I started open carrying, which I thought was great because, like, it was, like, a great opportunity to, like engage in conversation with like other black folks they would be like we can do that I'm like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> like yeah we can do that i do need to know right and then they would be like how and then like we'd be talking about that at kroger or you know wherever i was um but i didn't like the attention that i was getting mostly from white mostly from white people so would they stop you or just stare i mean you know like the look that you know, some of the women ones will give you like about their purses and shit. Oh, yeah. It's like an uncomfortable, like it's a discomfort. Like it's a, it was like a, an, an air, a little air <laughs> of discomfort. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So like, I was like, okay, white I'm going to get, I know white, white ones. Um, I was like, I'm sorry, gonna get- you said what? White women. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it got caught in my throat. <laughs> um, They're not very popular. No. Within the queer community. They've never been. Right. I've always said that they are, like, for me personally, I would rather live with a bunch of fuck-ass frat white dudes than a bunch of fucking white women. As well-intentioned as they might be. Yeah. Give me the chance. Chance every day, all day. Right? (laughs) At least you know what you're dealing with there. Right. You do. do. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, I decided to get my concealed carry uh, permit, which I still have and I still keep up to date even though Kentucky is now a constitutional carry state. And so that's where I wrote the article for Queer Kentucky, because what that means, more or less, is that, uh, I mean, basically, if you meet the age requirements, plus whatever other requirements that nobody really pays attention to, because, like... Say, that's all it is, is just age. Pretty much. Basically. Um, Then, like, yeah, you can carry um, a concealed deadly weapon, and that, you know, includes firearms, that includes knives, that includes brass knuckles, crazy fucking bats you want to beat people with, all that stuff. (laughs) Just Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Right, Grand Theft Auto, right. Basically all those weapons. Right, but what's really really scary is that you don't get the education that you get when you do your concealed carry permit. And so when I did my concealed carry training, it was really important for me to have a black person. And I got lucky, even though there's so few, like literally, if you look at the list, it's like maybe three or four. And like one of them is a woman. Um, There's not a lot of women either. And so I got lucky with that. And even though 
we're not required to because like Kentucky's not a duty to disclose state. Meaning, if I get pulled over, I don't tell anybody what the fuck's in my car. I don't right. tell a police officer what the fuck's in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't tell them where it is in my car. But um, the guy who did our training, because he had been Louisville Metro for six years, which I didn't really give a shit about, but in this regard, it was a bonus. And so Louisville Metro Police Department. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so he was able to then, again, in this context, it was helpful. He had a protocol for his person and for his car that he developed because of the perspective that he, like the, the what he experienced on the side of being Louisville Metro. Mm. Whatever safety means in the context of being black, you know, and anything else in this country with regards to firearms or being pulled over even without them, the purpose of it is to get us out alive get us out of the so like even though we're not a duty to to disclose state i have a protocol for my car where i know exactly what i'm saying i know exactly what i do when i pull over i know exactly where my registration is my permit like it stays in like a trifold everything together on the the um, what do you call those officers Oh, oh, visors? The vis- visor? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, like, you know, windows are down, my hands go 10 and 2, and they don't fucking move. Sure. I don't have to do that. Right. You know, and then when the police officer comes, I have what I say, hands still don't move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, with regards to it being a constitutional carry state, every, you know, black person I talk to about it, I'm like, don't you dare stop keeping your concealed carry permit up to date. Mm. Keep it up to date because this law was not for you. Just like the second amendment was not for us. Like, I mean, it was, if anything, like the opposite, it was to keep whoever wrote that. They never thought in a million years, Mm. our black asses (laughs) would have guns. It was like to protect their lily white wives from whatever they thought our black assholes were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never for us to have them and damn sure it was not um, to protect ourselves, least of all from them. <laughs> so, you know, same thing goes for, for the law. Not, not for us. Yeah. We're not a duty to disclose, disclose state. Not for us. Like it's, it's just not. And so, um, yeah. So like I, like I said, I, I love, um, talking about gun stuff. I love talking about gun safety specifically, um, with black folks, with queer folks, black queer folks, um, in my ample free time, ample free time. I was about to say, <laughs> you're one of the busiest yeah, people. <laughs> it is my goal to like complete my training so that I can train people, um, for their concealed carry, um, uh, permits. Nice. Um, because I don't know any other black queer <laughs> trans people that are doing it um you know and i think it is important to have you know with anything like people to, to have the option to go to people that look like you if that's what you want whether it's for this training whether it's for a midwife or if it's for a doula whatever it is you should be able to find the people that you have you know racial cultural whatever um congruence and comfort with for those services yeah, and it can be so tough in Kentucky to find those more like unaccounted voices to be a mentor slash teacher for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting ready to do my practicum right now for nursing school. And yeah, I want to do it with a midwife. And it's important for me to have it be 
um, a black midwife. And unfortunately, one of the very few uh, black certified nurse midwives, uh, Louisville was not able to retain her. Oh, so she's leaving. Unsurprisingly, I was about to say. Um, but that's, I mean, it's very, I don't even know, like, hey, if there's any black, black certified nurse midwives <laughs> listening. Calling all you black midwives. Uh, so <laughs> there might be, like, not in this area, but I bet Sexy Sex Ed could help mm, yeah. uh, connect you with one. Um, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we bring them up a lot. I we feel just, like we do, too. We need them in here so bad. We do. They, they got doxxed recently. Oh, no. Yeah, so the conservative media attacked them basically and doxed all these young femmes. Um, so it was pretty shitty. I never say like, oh, it's insert whatever year. Are we still doing this? But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like at 2022, like really? Y'all? Like You really? mean 1922? I mean like you would think, right? But it's it is like we've gone through like so much time. Like I would never have said like it's 1990. Right? But it's like it's 20 fucking 22. Yep. Like what the um, fuck are we doing? It's always I I love talking mm-hmm. about time periods and I always get annoyed when people are like, especially queer people um, will constantly be like, oh, I wish I lived in the roaring 20s. I'm like, you would have been murdered. Okay. (laughs) I have a rant about that real quick. (laughs) Because I watched a movie last night with this dull ass guy. Good Lord, I hope you don't listen to this. (laughs) It was called Last Night in Soho. Have either of you seen it? Mm -mm. Anya Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith. Fucking white people, I'm whatever. People. But yeah, white people. <laughs> but Anya Taylor Joy is like she's like the um the Charlize Theron of like our generation. Like she's like looks Your like she, generation. I know, I'm sorry, gonna say, like, I'm gonna be forty in December. So oh my I'm god, gonna, really? I'm not black. Oh god. I was like twenty seven. Also like vitamin T. So yes, that's that. true. Mm. But yes, that's um, basically like the white woman who looks like she should play in rom coms, but is playing in like really weird like twisted like thrillers and like suspense like movies that make you think you know oh, that is the um, charlie's there yeah literally the ron the ron i don't know uma thurman um <laughs> uh. basically yeah so anyway the movie though was about this girl who like fantasized so much about like the 60s and just like you know was like super obsessed with like 60s music and the fashion and just like wanted to go back blah blah, blah. and she ends up renting this room from this creepy ass old white lady in london <laughs> She's going to some fashion institute. That was your first mistake. I'm saying, right? And she's got yeah, this um, cute little fucking record player. She puts it on her first night in the room. She goes to sleep. And next thing you know, she's like transported back in time to the 60s. And of she's course. like, right? Yeah. And she's like, it's she's not in the 60s, but she's following the life of this woman who was in the 60s trying to make it as like a singer and finds out that she's like been pimped out and like, like, yeah. And, and like thought that she got murdered by like one of the people who she was like forced to be sleeping with but then like she realized that this woman like murdered all the dudes that she was sleeping with because her life was fucked and it was just really crazy like it was really fucking crazy but the point 
is like, stop fucking fantasizing about the past because, <laughs> because your ass go be transported back there <laughs> one yeah. day and you're going to see that shit was not good for anybody. Like, I just, Look, I don't I, fucking understand it. Ancestor Octavia Butler wrote a book about this. I don't know if you want to call it a cautionary tale. It's called Kindred. Um, oh my gosh. And yeah. I mean, it could either, you know, one way or another, you know, it, you could read it and be like, eh, maybe I'll still do that. Cause you got all the info. Or you're just like, thank you for this information. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, I think it is important to say, like, you know, as black bodies, like, we deserve to be able to time travel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, things are shitty. But I think, like, should we want to do that? If there's anything that Octavia Butler taught us, we should be able to, we should be able to time oh, travel. Oh, I think if, the if any future. people deserve the right to time travel it's people of color because our history of have been so erased yeah. like white people you guys can track that shit fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i have nothing ancestry pops up every day and it's like this person might be your cousin listen oh really you've done like the <laughs> yeah and it was really unhelpful as curious as i am and i am so curious um i refuse to do it because Again, we're amongst friends. I think they're going to clone you. No. <laughs> we would be lucky. I'm just like, please clone me because I don't have enough time to do the shit that I need to do. But I refuse to do it because even if I am 0.0000001% white, I'm jumping out a goddamn window. Well, like, I do not need I to know. I am 46.4% white. And that's why I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> won't do it i was so sad when i like found out that i was like four percent swedish no god no i was like nordic they're like peaceful people the that's right? like the whitest of the white but what are you gonna peaceful? say russian next oh no they don't yeah, like if us. i were even considering you really it, think you... the swedes have always been peaceful spencer oh, well, no <laughs> get out of your bubble now <laughs> now <laughs> Get out of your Nordic loving. The reason they allowed so many Syrian refugees to come into their country was because they were being called racist. Oh man. Oh shit. You yeah, you also have an expertise in this area. Um Damn. What was I trying to go back to at one point? I forgot because Yeah, it was like German and Scottish. Oh. Um not even like the spicy whites. 36% Nigerian. So that's why I'm curious, because, like, my father's Nigerian, so, of course, I just want to be like, are we sure? And, but, I just don't need to know. I also just, I don't think it's accurate. Like, I can't I can't rely on it. Yeah. Because how the fuck would they know? They don't know who I'm related to, apparently. They can't tell me. What is it, <laughs> Ancestry? or like We don't know who we're related is to. Is it 23 and me? I did Ancestry. Um, uh, but I do okay. know people who have done 23 and me. I don't know if one is more accurate than the other. I think they're both loads of shit honestly i mean i think they lied about my dog his dna test you had dna tests on your tongue yeah they let you do that too yeah can i do it for my cats uh, i mean i don't know how you're gonna get that sample from your cat but go for it what kind of sample hold that motherfucker down blood shit like you swab their mouth oh easy it's like an aura quick you know yeah I don't fuck with, I don't, like, I don't fuck with cats, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, you don't. <laughs> you don't. hard for me to do. Um, what was I? Oh, yeah. Have you ever shot a gun, Sophia? I have. Um, like, you're like, so... and I killed this person. <laughs> <laughs> I almost shot my uncle. <laughs> I'm not lying. I was about to say, that's true, isn't it? Um, so I I will be duffed. Um, I, just, <laughs> I don't fucking like guns. I don't care if other people have them. They just fucking freak me out. Yeah. I prefer oh, yeah. not. 
knives uh, <laughs> because they got very, some sex appeal to very them. Very tweaker of you. <laughs> I got a big old knife in my purse currently. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so when I lived in Lexington, Indiana for a little bit in high school, I lived on a farm with my uncle and cousins and farmer white people. Um, and so, you know, there were BB guns and shotguns and things like that. And I wanted to like, you know, experience it, see what it felt like. And I have been out to a shooting range with my mom, like one time when we lived in Mississippi, um, I didn't shoot when we were there because I was like 11 or something. Perfect but I, age. Yeah. Especially like in, in anywhere in the yeah. South. Yeah, I was like, Mississippi, mm, that's yeah. late. I was, you're right. <laughs> um, I I just watched. Um, but yeah, out on, when I moved up here or to Indiana, I, I shot um, a gun one time and it was too much. I was like, oh my God, this is too it's yeah. a lot. I could do a lot of things with this, and I don't want to. <laughs> That's kind of where I am with it. I so I'm already a little crazy. You don't want to see me with a gun. I mean, also though, like I say, it takes a it takes a special motherfucker to stab somebody. <laughs> yeah, it does. I could I mean, stab like, someone in a heartbeat. You got to get like, close. That is, that is the other day. Special. I was I, I stopped was, I was with Ryan and he was trying to do his like at home STD test and he's terrified of blood and I was like come here and I jabbed him with a fucking finger I was like milking the blood out of him. God, was it an insty test? I guess I think so. Yeah, I had to stab him multiple yeah. times because the fucker just was not bleeding. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes. I was like, I told you to just do it oath style, just doing it on yourself. Yeah. Uh. Slit your, Slit your fucking palm. Let's go. Like, okay, go too much some water. Let's try this again. <laughs> no, so the first uh, time I shot a gun was I was working for Leo Weekly. And you worked for Leo Weekly. Well, I was an intern at 19. I was just high all the time. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So it was it was a good time. I was a photo intern. Okay. And then one time, Phil, do you all know who Philip Bailey is with Leo? <laughs> he's yeah. he's great. Um he or he's not with Leo anymore. Shit, he would fucking kill me. <laughs> edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a well-known reporter in Louisville, Kentucky, obviously. And then um, he was sent on an assignment to go uh, interview this pastor in town that was encouraging people to bring their guns to church. Good lord! <laughs> and then I was sent to go photograph this man. And so I got taught how to shoot a gun at some South End um, range. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's like a church. Yeah. Some was it an outdoor range? No, it was indoor. Okay. Uh, it was an indoor range, and it was just evangelical pastor. It just taught me how to shoot, and it was very strange. And, like, looking back, I'm like, what was that? And the fact that I did it with Philip Bailey of all people, <laughs> I was like, no, because that that guy would hate me now. Not Philip, the the evangelical guy. Back then, I was just like a nineteen year old stoner, not activist. So I mean, if you just pulled her knife out, he hated you then as well. He just didn't know exactly. Because I mean, I still talked like a very stoned gay person, so he was probably like this fag. <laughs> This is the only weapon that society needs. I love the matte black. I do, indeed. Her yeah. name is Oceania. So gay. <laughs> name what? Oceania. Gorgeous. For, for what? 
Because I fucking like that no. name. <laughs> what do you mean? But like, what is it? Does it have special meaning? I had an imaginary friend named Oceania when I was a child. Oh, that's cute. All right. I got this from a one night stand, actually. He stole it. No, he gave it to me. It was $350. Oh. Awesome. And I offered to give it back to him, and he said I already bought another Some one. I thought good I sex. It was fine. He was on like Xanax and Clonopin. Oh, so he was not hard. Oh, he was hard, oh. but there was no cum. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, apparently it was good enough for, like, you for him. You got a, I got a knife out of it. Or that. he felt bad and was like, here's a knife, girl. Too. Oh, no, he just left it in my couch downstairs. <laughs> At one point, he was throwing up in my toilet. At one point, we were dancing or we were fucking. Just a messy night. I thought he was gay. Was this last week? <laughs> no, it was March 25th. <laughs> How do you know the date? Because it was Chris's birthday. Oh. Huh. <laughs> they were all hitting on him, so I thought he was gay. And he also looked stupid, and I had no intention of fucking him. And but sometimes you just fuck up, and you... Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Gun rights, though. <laughs> Second Amendment, not for black people. Yeah. And mm. also, to, to add, you know, as well, like, you know, because there is... And it's, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I would say it's complicated, but not really. But, you know, there's lots of, I think, like, Biden just saw and signed, like, some law or something. <clears throat> Here's the deal for me. Yeah. This is my black-ass opinion. Break it down for us. <laughs> we constantly need a broken Do down. Do we really need more laws? Or. Right. Or do we need people to actually implement the fucking laws that we have. Do we actually need people to stop allowing folks to find these loopholes or to just stop like enabling racism? Cause let's be real. Who the fuck is getting these guns? Even though we have all these laws, it's white people, just a exactly. bunch of white men. Exactly. So, but if you think yeah. about now how the laws are implemented, who's getting these guns and who's not allowed to get them. Who's constantly getting hit like yeah i mean but so it's like yeah right so whatever new laws right come up whatever new restrictions come up same as the second amendment same as the constitutional carry except the opposite those laws are for us mm. those are the ones that are for us and those are the ones that it will i believe just my black ass opinion will directly impact and i'm only basing that opinion on what we currently, currently see. see yeah right on well what we currently it's see. accurate because i once again, Hannah Drake always tweeting the best things. Yes. Um, she had like retweeted this white woman who said something along the lines of, "Why is it only um, men who are shoot or who are carrying out these oh, mass yeah, shootings?" I saw that. And Hannah was like, "You almost had it." So she was ninety eight percent. That's there. what it was. <laughs> I mean, but like, even if you think of like the scant number of people of color who have. There's only I can only think of the Washington right. D.C. Yeah. sniper, and then there was like the right there was like an Asian guy somewhere in California. Yeah. but also guys. oh, Virginia Tech was also right. Asian. So yeah. men. So like I feel oh, like I yes, that. it's like predominantly white. Yeah, yeah. But also men. So like not only just like racism, like sexism, like patriarchy, like come yeah. the fuck on people. Like let's not act brand new. It's like I, you know, like so I, it, it's tricky because like when people ask me like, oh, are you in support of gun reform no no i'm not because there are already i'm in support of implementation of the laws and policies that we already have 
I'm, yeah. in, I'm in support yeah. of like let's get these fucking guns out of the hands of you know psychopathic fucking white dudes mm-hmm. like women hating misogynist homophobic white dudes this last guy was saying something along the lines of like I think he had told his father before. Oh, you mean the like SoundCloud rapper bro from the Chicago parade shooting? Yeah, Cremo, Cremo. I, I don't know. He's fucking. Yeah. He, he's terrifying he looking. Like a little something. Peep he looks Zan. like a fetus. Wait, said a what? <laughs> a, a little so like Peep Zan Zill, little John. I don't know. One of the you know. No, yeah. No, <laughs> well, but little, little Razabram. Yeah. <laughs> little Park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> little Clonopin. Nice. <laughs> little Roxy. <laughs> Um, But he had told, like, his dad that the only reason people are doing mass shootings now is to piss off gun control people. And I'm like, I'm always one of those people who's like, I don't know. I always think that if we keep talking about it, is that why it's getting worse? But also we can't ignore it either. So it's like, how do we discuss this without enabling more people? We can't discuss it without... I mean, as with most things right. in this country, we have to talk about racism. Yeah. Right, we right. Have to talk, like all of the like all of the conversations that are currently happening are fucking dumb and pointless. All the conversations that have already happened are fucking dumb and pointless if we are not talking about racism because mm-hmm. it's the root of it, most, I mean, or everything, and especially with this gun shit. Like that's what it is. Like until people in power, obviously never, <laughs> you know, are like <laughs> capable. Of like saying the words, yeah. Hey, this is some racist shit. Why? Well, because this country was founded on the shit. Mm-hmm. We fucked up. Our forefathers fucked up. Let's have a serious conversation about racism and how it has completely fucked this country, and how we can move forward. Eh, it's like we're not gonna move forward, but like how we can like start to like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like just yeah. talk, we can't even talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And less people like it's not even like the pink elephant in the room. Like it's like I don't know, like ten fucking elephants of like various colors. <laughs> you know, yes. all, like we can't like nothing. Nothing is going to be able to happen. Whether it's this or whatever people consider diversity and inclusion, which is a fucking made up, um, you know, or I, I don't know any fucking thing like food apartheid. Whatever the fuck it is, we have to talk about racism. Hmm. That's that healthcare, mm-hmm. mortality rates for for black birthing bodies. That all goes back to racism. One way streets, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Seriously, oh, bro, yeah. I swear. That you mean the reason like, I don't have my yeah. license? <laughs> One way streets in Louisville. If you like study it, yeah. it is fucking crazy. It's intentional as fuck. Second yeah. street, yeah. Second street, the used ninth to be a street divide. Street. Mm-hmm. And like the way the interstates would take you east instead of west. Yep. So crazy. So yeah, everything, everything's fucking racism, and we have to talk about it. Yeah, but we have too many uh, congressional folks wanting to ban teaching about these things in school. <sighs> like they're really trying hard to stay racist, homophobic. Like, I mean, Jesus. the thing is, like, and it's like it's like one of those things where once again, like that. I mean, like, who writes this shit? Nobody needed to even write that stuff because they were already fucking. <laughs> Exactly. They're already fucking doing it. Like, I mean, it's not like, you know, curriculums, like public school curriculums were phenomenal. I mean, like, as we're Mm -hmm. trying to get this 13-year-old into school, 
I mean, talk about fucked up. Oh, talk yeah. About, like, I mean, it was fucked up when I was growing up, but kind of in the opposite ways. Like, I grew up in the West End, and my mom was like, you're, like, we lived across the street from Western Middle, which, by the way, is a performing art school now. But when I was growing up... Is that their was, magnet? Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, it was, like, the school from um, Lean On Me. And What a great Morgan Freeman movie. Awesome movie. <laughs> But fuck that school. Oh, yeah. It's all fucked up. <laughs> right. And so, like, we lived literally across the street from it. And my mom was like, if it were, like, on the other side of our gate, you still wouldn't fucking go to it. But now it's a performing arts school. And so we live at 26 and Bank. Uh-huh. And we're trying to get this kid um, into school who's had, like, a shitty trash-ass start. And we're just trying to give him the best possible fucking finish. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, his, um, I guess, like, residing school, as they call it, is Westport fucking middle. Really? 20 minutes away. Yeah, that's out by me. I'm trying to get him into the Du Bois Academy. If you work for the Du Bois Academy, holla at your boy. That's, um, what is, where is that? The Du Bois Academy, they've moved over to Indian Trail, but it's like the, it's not a black school, but it's a predominantly black school specifically for boys. And, you know, they've made it virtually impossible to do that because, like, their deadline was, like, December of last year. Yeah. We just found out about this kid. Like They're trying to send ago. his ass to Westport. To Westport. And Weird. don't even talk to me about high school, which is why we wanted to go to Du Bois, so they can have, like, the least amount of, like, transition on top of all the other transitions that he's had. You know? Yeah. But, like, nope, they're just, like, Westport, and you can send them to fuck all whatever high school. Yeah. It's a uh, shit show. But, you know, like, you know, we got to have, like, sp- like you know, who's going to who's going to the performing arts program? The school over here, Lincoln Elementary. Oh, yeah. Tell one of these babies, sorry, you didn't make it. You didn't make the cut. You can't go. Yeah, it was, like, manual, too, yeah. when you get. It's a performing arts, like, elementary school? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yup, it's crazy. <sighs> it's really shitty, too. And, like, JCPS, I'm always just, like. Yeah, those are technically public schools, but they feel real private. Right, because where are they at now, though, right? Because once upon a time, like, over there? Oh, like, no one wanted to go to Lincoln. No. Tell them your child is a refugee. They'll take them in a heartbeat. I'm just like, my child is a refugee of this fucking state. Exactly. He's a literally of this goddamn country. Like, come mm-hmm. the fuck on. Mm-hmm. He's a refugee of DCB fucking us. Like, mm-hmm. seriously. Which goes back to what we talked about last That's time right. about... But it's cool, though, because JCBS has an equity statement, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh what? I think it's, it's oh, a, oh you didn't know? It's all the rage. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. Equity statements. We don't even have one on queer Because <laughs> why? What, what yeah. I would hope that we wouldn't fucking need one. Oh, we've had people at, we have had foundations ask what our diversity statement is. I'm like, <gasps> we are all flaming packets. <laughs> and like we are all what? like Yeah. It's just I can't tell you like how many equity statements like I've written for organizations that I've contracted that have contracted me for like equity work. That is so it's gross. absurd. Like yeah, they I don't know. They think it means something or something. I don't know. I will say the bail project does not have that, so that's good. I think any- I'm sure you do. No corporate. <clears throat> Really? Mm-mm, no. In our like our training, we're required to learn about the history of ma- of like shooting against black people. Oh yeah. Like we d- like, yeah. No. Like we like, don't organizations that embody huh. the work yeah. don't need a statement. Yeah. Right. Like that's. I think that's the point. It's like you don't run around like saying like my black best friend this my black best like you don't <laughs> yeah. need it. Yeah. You just show up at your fucking friends. Yeah. Well, it's just 
the weird gatekeeping <coughs> with funding, I, I would just assume all nonprofits basically have one on the back burner just so a foundation can be like, oh, you check that box. We can give you money. Oh, we don't get money from foundations. Remember? We have oh, rich yeah, donors. That's right. We yes. have we have Danny Glover and John Legend. <laughs> I mean, Wait, wasn't Lil Nas X too? Lil Nas X and Lizzo. Lizzo. Yeah. Yes. I bitch. I wish. So we went through this already. <laughs> I, yeah, I went through this a couple episodes ago. I'm getting all this money from celebrities, but I'm not meeting I'm like, anyone. Not that my, like, because my spouse will totally listen to this, but also they will not be surprised. And I was just like, can you introduce me to Lizzo? <laughs> We tried One to day. get her when she came to town. It's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, I know Zion, you need to skedaddle. Yes. Um, but thanks for coming. It was really nice. Yeah. Do you have any I, final words? Yeah. I always love hearing you talk. Before we sacrifice you. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this I'm is like, actually. I'm like, do you promise? Because I am so fucking tired. <laughs> There's been a lot of people saying that please about like. Please don't let me leave this room alive. <laughs> well, there's a child out in the other room. Yes. I don't yeah, want to have to have that conversation. Do it for Jeremy. No, like, see what had happened was. <laughs> he's, he's he gone. said he was tired, and then I took my four hundred dollar knife. <laughs> and put Matt Black his, put him out of his black ass misery. You need to get it engraved. I was oh thinking God, about do that. that. Do that, yeah. Do that. Yeah. Or just writing a silver sharpie. I also thought about that. Don't, don't it's kind of trashy. Don't disrespect that. It really, disrespect that I, yeah, I should. It's really tacky, but why not? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't have any final words except, uh, you know, uh, I would say pray for the uh, if pray if that's your thing. Or pray, commune with the ancestors, whatever. Um, that I don't end up on the news before May thirteenth, twenty twenty three. When I graduate this fucking program. Mm. Are you planning on leaving Kentucky? Because I know that there were bigger plans we didn't get into, but. Oh, no, those things are still going to happen. But, like. You can always be a part of that from afar. Don't you know I've thought about it. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Exactly how to do it. I mean, I know people that have left Kentucky just within the last six months because of different transphobic laws that passed. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for a little bit, but I will say this, like. I'm I'm game for moving within Kentucky only because if we start thinking about leaving other states, I'm not stopping. I want out this whole fucking country. <laughs> so yeah. like, we're kind of like, okay, I'm cool within, within the state. You know, we'll probably move out to the county somewhere because fuck people. I don't want to live next to people anymore. But if we start talking about crossing state lines. May as well just go to Canada. I mean, or wherever. Yeah. I mean, look, I can't even tell you about not anti, Sweden. Anti-blackness is global, <laughs> but like the first time I went to Canada as an adult, which was like I don't know two Aprils ago, things were like so different. That at first it was funny, and then it just got sad. But like the first thing that happened was like I was driving, shit, you know, I almost hit this white woman and her two fucking fluffy dogs. They were little dogs. Oh, because like new new place, right? Like yeah, I almost hit this bitch. She's straight up. Looked me in the eye through the windshield. Shit, you know, she said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she met, like put her hands up and mouthed me. I'm so sorry. And I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> I don't trust Canada. I, you, you have a thing. Mm-hmm. Just snow Canadians, snow Shania Twain. It's because of Shania Twain, isn't it? I mean, Nickelback, Justin, <laughs> Justin Bieber. No, that's not why. <laughs> Did you know? Maybe, I don't know if this will change your opinion or maybe it'll. Deep oh, the indigenous know. children. 
It's the that's, indigenous. Yeah, children. that's right. It's real fucked up. You can't buy menthol cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You, you're about to not be able to here. Yeah. Well, Canada did it first. But here's That's the thing. Smoke they do everything first, first so. like genocide. <laughs> Did we not do genocide first? Huh. That's not something to be proud of. It was a collaborative like, project. Collaborative. Oh. Yeah. It started there and finished. I here. would listen to a whole oral history of that because I don't know enough. I was in tears the whole time. Um, so yeah, you can't do that. But like the report that I read, they specifically said, well, because of racism. They're like because it just like that's the part where we where it stopped being funny. I smoke Newports. Well, it's disproportionately too disproportionately. I know, I know. So like that's the part where it stopped being funny because like we were in the car, I think driving back home, and like Bridie found this article because like when we went to the store with our friend to get cigarettes, you can't even look. They're just like, tell me what you want because like they can't tell you what they have. What the f- you just have oh, to know. Okay. it's all blacked out. That's fascinating. I know. And so you just have to know what you need unless you like. Yeah, you just have to know what you need. And so we were finding, like, Bridie found this article that was, like, basically, yeah, because it disproportionately impacts the health of black folks. Mm -hmm. Here's the statistics. They were even like, we told our friend, the United States, we'll run the numbers for you. And they were like, no, thank you. Like, here's the amount of lives you can save. The other fucking crazy thing is that you know, there used to be, like, a lot of other additives mm-hmm. cigarettes, right? Like, uh, they're putting, like, flavors and all kinds right. of shit. Right. All those are gone. In Canada? No, in the United States. Oh. Menthol's still here. Right. Oh. Because if you tr- think about those other flavors, those other additives, they disproportionately impacted white folks. Right. Mm. Menthol, on the other hand, has managed to not make it to any of the list of banned additives over and over and over and over again. That's fascinating. So I'll be interested to hear their rationale <laughs> for why they ban menthol if they ever do. I find it hard to believe if they will. It's, they've been saying it for a while. I'm surprised they banned bait or um, jewels. Jewels, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that I'll probably actually use my uterus <laughs> before successfully <laughs> ban menthol old. cigarettes. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, that's my final word. I'll actively use my uterus <laughs> before the before state. Before you cannot the smoke menthol. Yeah. I mean, even menthol ads. I, it's always like black people. I mean, not not menthol ads. Um, Newport, Newport ads. And it's been like that. Newport cools. I grew up watching. Them. Like, yeah. yeah. My dad worked for like, Philip Morris for like forty years. Wow. Forty-two years. They like won't build anything on that site. It's probably haunted. Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> well, till next time. Till next time.